about this before, but um, taught a Sunday school class this morning, and uh, we had a combined class, and I uh, thought he covered some some real good uh, a real good topic. First of all, dealing with Noah and him teaching his family. So what I'd like to do is give him an opportunity um, to respond to your feedback and questions. Uh, we didn't get a lot of chance to do that. Um, he's going to do a three-part series. If you remember the first part, dealing with Noah and parenting um, uh, in preparation for the flood. And then the second part, Noah and preaching the gospel. And anybody remember what the last one? Providing answers. Thank you. All right. So, um, uh, apologetics, kind of. So, um, give Jeremy a mic. Jeremy, if you want to, you got a mic. You want me to come up there? You can stay. Where, you can come forward or, or stay there. I know you're with your family. So, whichever is comfortable for you. Um, but from the, from the aspect of um, just, there may be some questions. There may be some thoughts that just... Um, tickled your, your mind a little bit as we as he talked about Noah. Some weren't in his class, I understand. We had a combined adult I class. Can, I can give a okay. Um, and okay, so in this morning's class we were talking about the overall theme was how to reach the next generation. And just like my dad said it um, there were three points, and um, the first one was parenting, the second being preaching, and the third one being providing answers. The one we focus on today was parenting, and we used the example of Noah. Noah being an example um, for those who were not in the class. He was an example because he lived in a, a generation more weak, wicked than ours, even in our current generation. Secondly, he was an example to his family because he lived out what God told him. Thirdly, he worshiped before his family and was an example before his family. And then, if you wanted to add some more points to that, you can see the way that he taught his family and how they lived out, even how they dealt with his issue when he was drunk and how the amount of respect that they had. And in the, um, the um, what God told them to do and how he gave them a responsibility to him and his sons. We can talk more about the responsibilities later. But yeah, I'm open to any questions. I love questions, and I wish I had more time to do that this morning, so I'm glad we're doing that now. One of the things that, that really just um, um, challenged my thinking is, is Noah's example. I, I like that you brought up that, that actually Noah was a good parent and that we see, um, we see what he did. And, and I think one of the, the greatest responsibilities parents have is to be an example, to lead by example. Um, and you, you kind of brought out how, how long of a time it would have taken to, to build the ark and uh, how he would have needed help. And so he had to get cooperation um, from, from his sons and, and how he prepared that. I also like that, and I'm just saying this to, to, to get you thinking and challenging. I like what you brought out about Noah's situation compared to ours. Uh, the Bible says that God looked on the earth, there were none righteous, and except Noah, that group of eight led by Noah. And so he gives us encouragement of leading our families in a wicked generation. 
And so, um, you know, what challenges do we have in that? Um, what encouragement does Noah bring to us um, in that? Um, well, one of the things, you know, about knowing that, that always struck me is that a lot of times we compare ourselves to the Bible, but, but we don't really understand and we don't put ourselves in that person's shoes as to the, the actuality on the planet that was living righteous. Nobody on the planet. We got a whole church of people. That's already ten times what he had. And it said, in the word of God, I don't believe the word of God exaggerates at all. Because it can if it want to hold its, you know, its credibility. The, one of the things that, that God says is the, the thought of man was continuously evil. And you got to use your imagination to see what that actually is. What that means is that when, when we talk about pornography and how prevalent it is in our society, they was living it out. When we talk about murder in our movies and how much killing we see on, on television, you could go outside and see it in Noah's day. They was killing people right on the street. They didn't care. Isn't it interesting yeah. that when they came out of the flood, that's one of the first things that God dealt with, uh -huh. is that if you take a life, uh -huh. that life, exactly. um, you, yeah. um, uh, another human being will, will uh, take your life. Mm -hmm. A couple things that, that, that stood out to me, um, Noah's obedience. We often think of, you know, obeying the Lord as reading our Bibles, praying, uh, coming to church, and certainly that's an obedience. Remarkable things about Noah's obedience was simply every day getting up, building that ark. Yep. So going to work sometimes is an act of obedience, and it's it's an it's an expression of your faith. And your family needs to see your consistency in that. Um, the attitude in it, you're, they need to see how you're serving God as you go to do whatever you do. We, we think we have to have a job as a missionary to be doing God's work. Um, my father-in-law, um, if you don't use the, the pretty terms, he was a trash collector, right? But faithfully, every morning, he got out and he did that, and he was a witness on his job. I, I've seen many of, of his co-workers come to church uh, that he interacted with. He had a testimony on that job over the years um, and a testimony of faith, faithfulness to the people who worked with him and a testimony of faithfulness to his family as well. So um, I praise God for those kinds of, of testimonies. And you, you get that from, from Noah. Hard work continually, um, um, not giving up, and his, his family included. Yep, he, he had to have, like, uh, one of the things that really struck me about reading through Noah is, and, these, and you read these small verses, and they hold so much truth in them, because you'll read about what Noah did, and it'll say, in one verse, you read, Noah was 500 when God talked to him. Then when the flood waters came, he was 600. And you put it together, he had been building this ark for 100 years. And you got to think about it in a sense of, how many of us stuck out a plan 100 years? You know, how many of us really, really diligently worked and built something? We're not even 100 years old. How many of us even did it for 25 years? You know, he did this all day, and it was hard labor. And the, the thing that, that I love about it is that, as you can see, the verses before, when he was 500 years old, his sons had just been born. So then when you see, when he's 600 years old, how his sons was, uh, was, have been grown by, by then. 
So his son seen all through his life, he had to be known for building the ark to them. And so they known him by what God promised him. Either God put him on somewhat of a deadline to say, in this period of time, I'm going to flood the earth. I'm going to destroy the planet. He told Noah that. So Noah, when he first told him, had to keep that sense of urgency in order to keep God's will. Because he said, God told him, I am regretful that I even, he told Noah this, I'm regretful that I even made man. And so I'm going to flood and kill everybody. You have an obligation to build this ark, this cubic meters, blah, 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 and you got this amount of time to do it. And Noah was like, okay, I want to do everything you said. And his sons had to see him live that out every day. And not only just see him live it out, but help him as they grew. When he was cutting down trees, putting it together, measuring it out, his sons was helping him do that. I have a question. Um, and I'll throw this out. Do you think God called Noah because he was a ship shipbuilder or or what? He was faithful. So he didn't necessarily have to have the special skill of ship building for God to call them. They didn't even know what a ship was at that time. They had no big bodies of water on the planet. You gotta remember that. It had never rained before. So when water fell from the sky, they was like, what is that? Well, it says God yeah, opened so, up the seas. So uh -huh. they had seas and they probably had vessels to, to go on there. But my point is that he didn't necessarily, he probably wasn't the best ship builder in his whole area. How did he and how did his sons learn that? All right, he had instructions from God. Okay, but you ever you ever get something from the store and get instructions and try to put it together? What else would he have needed? Huh? Tools. Okay, how does he get those tools? You have to build them. You have to make them. He had to learn those skills. He probably went to other people. He interacted with other people. He, t he taught his, his, his sons this. My whole point is that in this whole process, he's interacting with, with, with people. And you, you talked about us as, as uh, living in a wicked generation that we don't just isolate ourselves from everybody and, and think that that's God's will. I think he was totally interact. I thought, I, I think he would have gone yeah, to people yeah, who knew yeah. how to shake wood and learn from them and then taught his sons that. I think he probably even, this my thought, is that he even hired people to help him with this. I went to, um, um, there is a replica now of, the, of, the, uh, of Noah's Ark in uh, Kentucky, Cincinnati area. Uh, anybody seen that? All right, you saw it? Okay. I know Cliff. And, and, and uh, so I, Don and I saw it, and one of the things that you're amazed is was just the sheer size of it. It is huge. I mean, you read, you know, in the Bible, it's, it's 450 feet long, but you kind of have to measure that out and see it for yourself to see how huge it is. Um, so one, it shows the, the, the huge, and then they show you the inside of, of how he probably would have built sections for all the animals, and he had to have some real creativity, ingenuity, feeding the animals, making sure they got enough water, um, just maintaining that, that, that whole ship. 
So, yeah, it took some obedience from the Lord and hearing instruction, but he had, to, he had to interact. He had to go to school like we go to school. He had to learn to interact with people and get skills from them um, and put that into practice. But I guess one of the things I see is his obedience wasn't just getting up in the morning, singing a hymn and praying. It was actually doing. It was actually practicing. It was actually going about the task that God had, had given for him to do. How he raised his sons in that generation, and then after that, when he when he got drunk, I never really looked at it until I did this lesson. I never really looked at it and analyzed how they dealt with him with so much care. Mm -hmm. Two of his sons did. One of his sons didn't, but the other two, they dealt with him with so much respect that they didn't even want to look at him because he was he was on that. But he. When he, when Noah got drunk, he was naked before, and, um, and and I don't know if he didn't know he was or whatever. But when his sons dealt with him, in order to not even look on him, for him to be ashamed or just to involve themselves in anything else, they walked backwards in order to, and then they carried a cloak backwards, and then they covered it. And I thought how much respect they had for their father in order to do that. And the fact that they didn't operate the other way the other son did showed that other son no better. Who how to treat him with respect. And this one son didn't, and that's why he was rebuked and cursed. Because he should have known better. You don't just laugh, you know, when you see somebody or an old person that has been you actually treat him with respect. Oh. No, I was gonna read something. And I was there. thinking how much uh how different that is from the story of uh Everybody knows I'm a police officer. And this is, a, I didn't even get to tell this full story this morning. He came up to us and he just started, we call it roasting. Everybody know what roasting is? When you're just making fun of people. They usually start lighthearted, you know? And the boy was doing that. We weren't saying anything to him. Oh, your shoes is this. And he just continually. The thing that led me to the final circle of how, what's wrong with our society is just yesterday, come to find out, he was at a picnic with his mother. So my partner said, let's go talk to his mom. What a mistake that was. Because I, we went over there, and my partner said, hey, we want to talk to your son about his disrespect. And she said, we had a birthday party. What you need, whatever you need, we ain't handling it right now. And I said, well, don't you want to know that your son was disrespecting police officers and that he threatened one of the police officers, saying that once I find out where you live, I'm coming to your house to shoot you? Do you want to know that? And so she said, I, I ain't really interested. And I, you know what? At that point, I figured that we was dealing with an idiot. And I said, my partner who wanted to engage that person back and forth, I said, you know what? He committed a felony. Let's just go get him. I said, we walked away to get him. They ran up to him that point. Get out of here. Run, run. They're coming to get you. And I said, you know what? This is what's wrong in our society. And, and this is what's, what's evil about it is that just like Noah, he taught his sons to be respectful, and if they went against that, that was something obvious to the other sons. They was like, that's not right. We're going to respect our father, even if he's in a disrespectable state, right? We're going to respect him. The problem with this generation in our society now is that the parents aren't teaching any respect, and they're not really teaching anything, and in fact, they encourage the opposite. So we got to make sure we don't do that.
you know, it, it's, it's one of the saddest things to see when you see, um, obviously you don't bother me much anymore, a five-year-old girl stick her middle finger up and say, F the cops. Like, where did you learn that from? Not only have you not been taught respect, but you have been taught the opposite. And one of my message, the lessons in this morning is, if you don't teach your kids, somebody's teaching them. They're learning something from somebody. So the matter, the matter of fact is, it's not that the kids aren't taught, like we commonly say, their kid ain't taught right. He's being taught wrong. And we in our church have an obligation to teach our children the right way. You just wanna, got a question? You know, but I like what you did. I like what you did is you, you challenged that and you gave him a living example. He had no face to put on police except the example that he had been given through, through uh, what he saw, but you gave him a living example. And, and one point I wanted to, to mention with that is that um, we can't reach everybody. Um, that, that's pretty obvious. But that doesn't stop us from impacting those we can and doing what we can. So um, that little bit that you did was a lot, actually. And, and you, have a, you have an impact. You have an influence to, to uh, ward off nonsense that's being spoken into his ear. Mm -hmm. And God is, is able to, uh, to, to do that. We have responsibility in our church then. Um, I can't save the world. But God has given us some men and some boys in this building that tries to do a positive thing, comes against his parents, his mom, and, and sees, wow, this, this is practically a lost cause. Um, seeing that the problem can only be solved by God. You can arrest somebody in numerous times, but their heart is not going to change. And uh, it's an answer like one of, one of Jacqueline's point. Was that really the case? Is that really the truth? Who told you that? What do you think? Why do you think this? And the thing that I, I get, um, the, the Old Testament says our people die from lack of knowledge. One of the reasons why people, book that gives us a bunch of rules for no reason. Don't eat pork, don't eat this. When the Bible logically will tell you why we think what we think. You see the apologetics in the catechism that we studied this morning? It says why we think what we think. Why God had to be God and man? Why did Jesus Christ have to die? All these things are thought through by thinkers better than myself. So what I say when people come with questions, even the simplest ones, like your son who says he has a problem with police, why do you think that? Now, no, you said it. Own argument, I will keep up in the ante. Let's go and tell Jeremy that you hate police. Why do you hate him? Come and talk to him. He's wonderful. Own what you said. And then now, you know what, you'll learn. Maybe I really didn't think that through. Next time I gotta think what I'm you know, saying through. And that's a life lesson, you know? And he always used to say that to lie. I used to hate it. But he used to be like, Okay, I know this. Well, then explain it back to me. <laughs> How does this out of a problem work? If you can't explain it, then you don't really understand, right? And the same thing with the Word of God. It's like when you understand, I, I love to see Christians get deep into understanding and apologetics because 
the world has all these questions they think they can stump you with. But we have the book with all the answers. So we have the cheat code. And it's almost like they should never be able to stump us when we really study in the word of God. And I love that feeling when, I, this happens to me all the time. I love that feeling when somebody come to you and they come to you with all these different questions and they can't get nothing on you. And you like, the Holy Spirit, you know, he has all the answers. What can I say? Like, well, you think you're never wrong. No, I know somebody who's never wrong. And so what are you going to say? You think you're going to be mad at me because I have the answers to society's problems? There's another side to that, too, because we don't always know the answers. Mm -hmm. But the question challenges us. And so by teaching, uh, and this is what I was going to say, uh, teaching children is, is one of uh, the greatest ways I've seen to grow because I have to put it in terms that they can understand it, which means I need to understand it mm -hmm. in, in a very elementary level to be able to explain it that way. And it, it challenges me. It forces me to digest it and to, to learn it and, and to really learn it, not just rote learning that I know the facts but I've actually practiced it in my life. I saw your hand, Brian, and, and then Megan. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was going to say, um, as I mature and grow, too, when I start um, hearing people make statements, I feel like they can't back up when adults, when they talk to you about the word, is that they always saying something first. So before, I used to be the one that was on the defense and try to, like, used to say a whole bunch of stuff to make them believe what I believe is true. But instead, I challenged their own thought. Okay, so what how she said, she challenged a child. That's the same way sometimes that you have to do with adults, make them think about the statements mm -hmm. that they say and that they put out there because you're the one that got the issue. So I'm not going to just yeah. give you a whole bunch of stuff and then you ain't going to believe it. So it's kind of like, well, what makes you think that that is true? Well, why well, do you, you know, believe in that? One of the best people and that does that yeah. is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Because when, when Jesus, yeah. I mean, we're still going to talk about lessons next week and, and <laughs> next week after that. But Jesus Christ, when he debated all the time, yeah. and one of the things that people, that he did that he, people did not like, the Pharisees hate him for, is he responded with a question with a yeah. question. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, come at me with this, what do you think about that? And they would be like, yeah. that question will lead him to think this. Mm -hmm. And they would try to think, but really what the question did is reveal their own heart. Yeah. And they didn't like that. And that, that tactic is so good in getting people to understand, mm -hmm. not, you're not, not beating them in an argument, mm -hmm. but getting them to understand the truth of what's really going mm -hmm. on. I was talking to a guy today about you know um, gun rights. And you will see how does this all turn. I was going to say, um, is it encouragement? It could be, Noah's story could be an encouragement to grandparents um, and great-grandparents too. Mm -hmm. Because Lo, um, his great-grandparent was Enoch. Enoch walked with God. Mm -hmm. So it's no surprise that a man who walked with God, his, his later on in his line, there's another one who walks with God. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but it's important for us to help our, um, keep, it's, it's more than just our kids. We got to extend our families. And I think as fathers, you know, we could be fathers in our community too. We can be fathers to more than just our sons. It's important to start with our sons, but also extend that grasp out there. And I think about like Lamech, it said when he had Noah that he was, he was like praying to God, like this one is gonna give us relief. And it's like, you gotta think of how wicked the world was that he literally was waiting for the flood to come. Like he literally was praying for the flood to wash away everybody because that's how bad it had gotten. Mm -hmm. But it's like, here's this guy who, maybe, he, and it's, it, it, you look at the timelines, he died like the year of the flood. So it's like, here's this guy who was honorable and loving the Lord, and he might have helped Noah during this. But now you, not only do you see Noah working for 100 years, you see grandpa working for 100 years, you know? That's an honor, that's a respect. So it's like, man, 
I always tell my kids, man, respect grandpa. If you do, you could, you disrespect me, you know, I might correct you, but you disrespect grandpa, that's an automatic spank. Mm -hmm. That reminds me of another story. I could tell y'all a bunch of police stories. But this one really hit me hard because I had to tell Michelle about this. I even told my mom about this too. One day when we went to this house, and it's all related. I'm not just telling y'all a story, just to tell you a story. But one day we went to this house, and this lady was frustrated. She was had two little, and one of them was small, small, like barely learned how to walk. And the other one was like three years old. And this, and the three-year-old was like, he he was a, a good boy. He was playing catch with us, with my partner, while I was talking to the mother. And she said, I'm done with it. I just don't care anymore. I'm not going to, I'm trying to apply for a job, and I don't got nobody to watch him. I want to give him away. And she was really trying to give us, give the kids to the police. And it was like one of the, the things that, that happened there was we really, had, I had to step back because I was so angry because I was like, you got a blessing from God and you're not taking care of it. And I came back and I told mom to save every one of these kids. And I just told her, and I, I mean, I think, the, and this is, I think the message of the Holy Spirit that he taught me. I look back and our kids is playing in the background and I'm like, we could try to save every one of these kids, but we will have a whole generation of sinners if I raise Malachi and he don't not learn it right, and then he have his kids, and they not learn it right, and they kids, that's a whole generation right there. If we first start with ours, and we branch out after that, then we have something there. But if we don't start with our children, we will be doing the same thing, and you see these kids, and you're like, man, they ain't got nothing. I tie this uh, together um, in our last few minutes um, to, to the I think in ministry, the qualifications in 1 Timothy 3 for the pastor starts with himself and his own family and that he, um, he leads them by example and we see the impact of that leading. We actually can see it. Um, and so that gives us the, the, the blueprint for how we do ministry, period, in the church. So what you said is exactly right. We have to start from within, working with our children. Desperately have to do both. Uh, I have seen pastors, and, and this is my fear, um, is get so busy saving the world that you miss your own family, um, get to reach out. So we actually have to do both, and God equips us to do both. So to, to, to turn this around and to challenge um, men, um, one of the ways, this isn't the only way, but one of the ways that we're doing is we're, we are linking with Milwaukee Rescue Mission. And as a leadership team, we're 100% behind that. And so we're going to call upon some of you, and you may feel like, I don't know if I can be a mentor. Maybe I'm not like so-and-so, and, -so and uh, I'm still studying the word. I don't, I don't know if I can answer all the questions and, and all these kind of things come forward. But what we want you to do is to be a friend. We want you to, to link with, with these men and, and, and be a friend. Um, so you don't have to have a theology. You know enough scripture right now. And as you learn, you're teaching that other person um, just, just as a friend. And then to tie this, uh, to, to wrap this up, um, this week we had a Grace Partners meeting. And, and at this meeting, we took a tour of Milwaukee Rescue Mission. So. Um, we, we walked through there, and, and I saw, um, you know, some of the things that they're doing, the programs, and as they were explaining to me um, how they get men, they, they take a, a large group of men from
basically off the street and from that I don't know 250 sometimes 300 men a day they get a group that Dale supervises over which is about 19 20 or so men who actually wanna who, who, who need an answer and want to seek the Lord and, and want to actually make a change in their life so they take that small group of men and they pour into them and they teach them Bible and they teach them um, um, how to have a job interview job skills all kind of things that that they need to learn go back and give them uh, the gaps in the education they may not have had they, they do all those things and while they were explaining all that I kept thinking wow this is all the stuff that the men didn't get where they should have gotten it from at home and so it takes so it takes an army of resources and people to try to bridge that gap and make up for what didn't happen and should have happened in the home so that reinforces the idea of how important it is for us to do the job at home first and then nobody has to come back behind us with all of these resources and all this money uh, I told the people at Milwaukee Rescue Mission, I'm frustrated as a pastor that I don't have n a, a percentage of the resources that you have to try to do the job that we're trying to do. But I'm glad that you're there, and I'm glad that you're willing to do that job. It shouldn't take that much. <laughs> if everybody was concentrating on their family, in other words, if, if, if we give the gospel out and get people saved, then they won't have to go through what the men at the rescue mission are going through now. It wouldn't be nearly as tough. So we have got to do both. We've got to focus on our families, and we've got to reach out to that one man or that young man or that young woman um, who God makes available to us to bring in, to nurture, and to, and to help along the way. So I appreciate your, your focus through Noah of... Um, reaching the next generation it, it's important it starts with our own home and it, it goes out from there anything you want to say to, to close things well, uh, well next week we're going to continue after that just gonna i'm going to try to bring some stuff that um will just intrigue you a little bit. also this be encouraged how many families are positively impacted right here at sweet communion how many families do we have that's enough. That's enough to change Milwaukee. That's enough to branch out is using us. And the lives that we see here that are already changed is an encouragement. Encouragement to me and, 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 and of what God is doing. So let's continue that. Father, we thank you for our time together. We thank you for um, the challenge of your, of your word brought in Sunday school this morning as Jeremy talked about Noah and his life, his parenting. And um, I open our eyes to um, the responsibilities you've given us and the resources that you've given us to rely on you um, to lead our families and to reach out from there to have an impact for Christ. In Jesus' name we pray.